What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Peche is one of Mexico's least populated states. Of people, that is. A local cryptid population appears have moved in and taken up residence as this little state on the Yucatan Peninsula is big in paranormal happenings and lore. From glowing orbs to systemite and other strange creatures stalking the jungles and towns of Kepeche, this region is home to many unusual, paranormal, and unexplainable events and reports. Kepeche is one of Mexico's least populated states, filled with lush jungles and Mayan ruins. Its beaches along the coast of the Gulf of Mexico attract thousands of tourists each year. Yet the native people have gone. Did you know something the outside world doesn't? Some theorize that original settlers and generations of their offspring have been chased away by one of the many strange creatures believed to inhabit the area. In fact, there are several ghost towns on the Yucatan Peninsula on which Capeche is located. One cause an entire town to what could cause an entire town to decamp at once? The city of Capeche is surrounded by almost 9,000 feet of walls that are 26 feet high, built in the 17th century to protect the citizens from marauding pirates that would regularly terrorize the inhabitants. 
Perhaps other threats were looming, not out to sea, but behind them, on land. Perhaps they still are. Orbs throughout the southwest. A young man in Capeche, Mexico, turned to turned into his favorite podcast show to listen to the episode on Skinwalker Ranch, otherwise known as Sherman Ranch, located in Ballard, Utah. The 512-acre property has been the site of numerous reports of paranormal and UFO-related activities that have occurred either on the ranch or the neighboring area, including the eventual skinwalking shaman of Navajo legend from which the ranch gets its name. nickname. As a young man listened to the show described or phenomenon that recently occurred at Skinwalker Ranch, he realized that it was identical to an experience his father had, the exact same type of entity, when he was younger. He persuaded his father to recount his orb experiences so he can be prepared with the encounter reported by the witnesses at the ranch. Father said, When I was a young teen, around 14 years old, I lived in a very rural area of Capeche. There was very little traffic through the area, so my friends and I would play soccer in the street. One late afternoon, as we were having a match, we all saw something rustling in the trees. We saw an orb move out of the treetops and come in our direction. It was, it was a little smaller than a basketball and had a greenish blue glow. As it got closer, it looked like there was a vapor or liquid inside of it, and it made a crackling sound. Sparks of electricity were snapping around its outer edges. I believe it was intentionally moving, like it had noticed us playing and was coming closer to investigate us. It got close enough that I almost decided to throw a soccer ball at it just to see what would happen. But before I could make up my mind, I floated it back into the trees. Only ever we only ever saw it once, just that one time. The young, the young podcast listener shared his father's experiences with the podcast host, compared to two descriptions, which were identical to one another, yet happened 20 years apart. The young man said he had listened to his father talk about his encounter with the orb multiple times over the past 15 years. A group of podcasts a group of podcasters visiting the Skinwalker Ranch to investigate some of the more unusual reports of anomalies happening in the area just so happened to see an orb very much like the one described by the young man's father. Podcasters were walking around the property in the early evening when they saw a greenish glowing ball hovering in the air that had a moving center that was shiny and slick like the consistency of gel. They all reported feeling like the ball was intelligent or perhaps was being controlled by an intelligent being. What could the glowing orb be? Is it a new type of being, such as a type of cryptid that has departed from mimicking the various life forms that already exist on Earth? Or could it be some type of data collecting device from an alien life form that are observing human life around the globe? Such reports have led to speculation regarding what the likely outcome would be if someone were to try to capture an orb so that additional study could be carried out. But to date, reports of sightings all seem to contain details that the orbs appear to be shy and accelerate away when people get too close. There are many hundreds of miles between Skinwalker Ranch in northern Utah and Capeche 
down towards the tip where Mexico meets Central America. For three or more people to have identical, unique experiences over a 20 year span, seems gives legitimacy to the variety of their claims. The Nogul of the Yucatan. On a Sunday in October of 2013, a small church in the seaside town of Chicxulub, Porto, located in the northern coast of the Yucatan, held a special mass. It was a very hot day, but the church was packed with the parishioners searching for answers and comfort. And comfort. Among the attendees was Alejandra, a gas station attendant who witnessed a terrible sight just days before. A tall, flawed, hairy, growling creature crossed her path while she walked to work. Alejandra's encounter was believed to be tied to the many horrible deaths of chickens throughout the town and the surrounding area. Hundreds of chickens were found dismembered and half-eaten, with feathers and parts strewn about. Soon after Alejandro's sighting, a few other brief sightings by others in the town were made, and the people have collectively come to the conclusion that a strange creature lurking in the area and storing in their poultry stock was a demonic Nogul. The modern Mexican folklore ideas of Nogul which is considered a cryptid on par with Bigfoot or the Chipacabra, has generated recent interest from cryptozoologists, those who study unknown or yet undiscovered animals. The concept of the Nogul has shifted with the times and now appears to be used to describe any number of hideous, evil creatures spotted throughout Mexico's backcountry, and usually during the darkest hours of the day. A few common threads in the modern Nogul story is that it is big and hairy, makes growling or howling noises, and has a snout of a dog or sometimes the face of a cat. The Nogul is blamed for disappearances of animals or people and destruction of property. Today's version of the Nogul is not what we see in the historical record. The first mentioning of a Nogul or Nogulism by Europeans occurred in a 1530 writing by Antonio de Hera called Historia de las Dias Ascendidales. He was reporting briefly on the Maya. Translated from the Spanish, the author writes The devil was accustomed to deceive these natives by appearance to them in the form of a lion, tiger, coyote, a lizard, snake, bird, or other animal. To these appearances, they applied the name. Nogueres, which is, as much as say, guardians or companions. And when such an animal dies, so does the Indian to whom it was assigned. The way such an alliance was formed was thus. The Indian repaired to some very retired spot and there appealed to the streams, rocks, and trees around him and weeping, implored for himself the favors they had conferred on his ancestors. Then sacrificed a dog or a fowl and drew blood from his tongue or his ears or other part of his body and went to sleep, either in his dreams or half awake. He would see some one of, the, one of those animals or birds above mentioned who would say to him, on such a day, go hunting. The first animal or bird you see will be my form and I shall remain your companion and no ghoul 
for all time. Thus, the friendship became so close that when one died, so did the other. And without such an goal, many of us believe no one can become rich or powerful. In another account, this time from a priest named Father Fernando de Sogon, who was appointed to work in an Aztec country, we see that the goal is not an animal at all, but a person. And his work, Historia de Nuevo Espana, the priest writes, the Nohali or magician is he who frightens men and sucks the blood of children during the night. He is well skilled to practice of his trade. He knows all the arts of sorcery and employs them with cunning and ability. Those who have recourse to such arts for evil intents injure the bodies of their victims, causing them to lose their reason and smother them. These are wicked men and necromancers. The type of animal used to do, used has to do with the day on which the conjurer was born, as each day in the Mesoamerican calendar is associated with a specific animal. It is unclear from early reports that the person practicing nuggleism is claiming to actually turn into these animals, or if he is casting spells on witnesses to make others believe he is shape-shifting into an animal's form. Another primary source observation about the Nagol from the Spanish historian Orozo Ibera writes, The Nagol is generally an old Indian with red eyes. He knows how to turn himself into a dog, woolly, black, and ugly. A female witch can convert herself into a ball of fire. She has the power of flight and at night will enter the windows and suck the blood of little children. These sorcerers will make little images of rags or clay or of clay and stick them into the thorn of the mugway and place them in some secret place. You can be sure that the person against whom the conjuration is practiced will feel pain in the part where the thorn is inserted. There still exists among them medicine men who treat the sick by means of strange contortions, call upon the spirits, pronounce magical incantations, blow upon the part where the pain is, and draw forth from the patient's thorns, worms, or pieces of stone. They know how to prepare drinks which will bring on sickness. If the patients are cured by other Convalescents are particularly to throw something of their own away, as a lock of hair or a part of clothing. Those who possess the evil eye can be can by merely looking at children, deprive them of beauty and health, and even cause their health their death. For most of the recorded history of the Falamon, Nagul has been considered a powerful person who, throughout the use of what is quickly known as witchcraft, changed into Changes to animal or causes other people to think that he or she has changed. The term Nagul has been used by many Mes Mesoamerican groups to denote a lifetime spirit guide represented by a real world animal. The notion that the Nagul is a cryptid or on an animal is a more recent belief, as all memories of real meanings of Nogalism has died out or become murky down through the generations. Folk tales of legendary beasts and shapeshifters have changed over time 
and has developed into the mysterious creature we have today. Those claiming sightings of a large, hairy, snarling, feline, or dog-like creatures in Mexico may have something altogether different on their hands, not even related to anything conjured from old Indian magic. But the name Nagul appears apt, as these mental creatures do not appear to possess other worldly abilities and talents. Sismite The Mexican Bigfoot Does Mexico have its own version of Bigfoot? The answer is yes. It is called the Sismite, and is found in three Mexican states, Capeche, Chiapas, has been spotted in tropical jungles of these states and is said to range all the way down the heavily forested Central American corridor to Colombia, where he has been nicknamed the Darien Monster. This might have been called the Olmec Ape, based on a figurine found at an Olmec aquaculture site in the state of Capeche. The figurine dates back more than 2,000 years. This is my has been described as a hairy, ape-like creature, much larger than a human, but having the face of a human. It only has four fingers and no thumbs. And in some cases, it has been described as having backwards-facing feet. Sismites, walking upright like humans, let out high-pitched screams, but have no known language. They are generally regarded as being hostile to humans, and being of kidnapping people in these regions. Their ape-like fur has been described as ranging from a chestnut color to pitch black. They have no visible ears, but their sense of hearing is believed to be highly refined. Their noses are flat, similar to a gorilla's. Hey everyone, you're invited to Harpy Hour! Hour. I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. We are the Harpies. And Harpy Hour is our new podcast featuring ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. Were you ever suspicious that pigeons were secretly spying on you? How do you know who to eat first if you survive a shipwreck? Do problematic musicals send you into an uncontrollable rage? If so, then Harpy Hour might be your new favorite podcast. That's H-A-R-P-Y for Harpy, and new episodes air every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on all social media at Harpy Hour Pod. And check us out on harpyhourpodcast.com. Okay, bye! Cryptologists suspect that the assistant came across the Bering Land Bridge with humans and his northern cousin, Bigfoot, some 40,000 years ago. Why it is confined to these dense jungles of southern Mexico, thousands of miles away from the closest Bigfoot sighting, is unknown. Perhaps the northern offshoots of this creature were killed off by early humans, or perhaps the habitat of the north and central parts of Mexico were not conductive to survival as his might. Some believe that the creature is a surviving remnant of gigantic fists a large prehistoric ape native to Asia that stood almost nine feet tall but supposedly died out over 100,000 years ago. Interestingly, the Tessamite has a smaller cousin who lives in the same region. This smaller creature is called the Duende by Spanish speakers and the Duende by the English-speaking people of the country of Belize, which is the heart of the Tessamite 
territory. People who speak out speak one of the many main dialects refer to the Duendes as Nucat. The word Duende is Spanish. In Spanish literally means elf or dwarf. The Duende has been described as a much shorter, hairy humanoid. Is often seen wearing woven palm leaves on his head. Standing three to four feet tall, the creature is described as a trickster and seen more of a, the, of a mythical creature possessing magical powers. Often he has been described carrying a stick or machete can be clad in rags or animal skins. And one day he has been described as a virtually engaged in mischief and he has alternately been known to rescue lost people in the forest or kidnap them. He's also seen as being a protector of all the animals in the jungle. Duende is used as a tale told by elders to scare children away from playing it and playing in the forest alone. As I said, he may kidnap kids and take them to his cave to hold them hostage. Farmers may blame the trickster may blame the tricks of Duende for bad crops. Many people who have studied the system might have categorized the Duende as more of a mythological creature, whereas his larger cousin can most likely be a real and yet undiscovered animal. The country of Belize recently issued a postage stamp as part of the folklore series that fixed the Duende. This is Mike has been part of the animal makeup of forest according to the Mayan people who still live in the characters in the creature's territory. Traditional mind beliefs divide the world of spiritual beings into three categories. There are the main powerful deities that lord over the universe, the gods of the sky, the earth, the water, and other physical attributes of the land. Then there are the local spirits that may inhabit certain areas of the forest or geographical features such as a mountain or landmark tree. The last group of spiritual beings includes certain animals of the forest that are connected to gods or local spirits. For example, a jaguar has special powers because it's connected to the higher spirits. This is my scared to be another animal that is plugged into the spirit world while being a li real living being, real living breathing animal in the forest. Although native to the world of Maya, the name Sizamite comes from an Aztec word that translates to demon or supernatural creature. While known to the Maya for centuries. The first outside report of the Sismai came from a group of Spanish gold prospectors in the 18th century on an exhibition in Honduras. A group of this group, a member of this group, supposedly shot and killed one of the Sismai that was raiding the mining camp. Sismai made its debut in the English speaking world through the writings and reports of, Dan, of a man named Edward Jonathan Hoyt, who was known as Buckskin. Joe. Hoyt was born in Lower Canada, modern Quebec, in 1840. In 1898, he took part in a gold prospecting adventure where he would encounter a Bigfoot like creature. Saying he shot a Sismite that crawled onto his bunk while he was sleeping. His account of these events made the papers back home in Quebec. Sismite appeared again in a 1961 compendium compiled by author Ivan T. Sanderson titled Abominable Snowman Legend Come to Life. In the book, the author compiles stories of the Central American Bigfoot, 
mostly concentrating on British Honduras, former name of a modern Belize, which is adjacent to Capeche. The Obama Snowman book prompt Bigfoot researcher Mark Sanborn to track the creature in 1992, and he too compiled stories from tropical Mexico, including Capeche, Belize, and Guatemala. Both works are full of eyewitness accounts of this creature. So, is this as my real or imaginary? Is it like the giant panda and the mountain gorilla? A real animal that managed to evade human investigation till modern times? Or is it just a myth created to scare children? We have many stories in eyewitness accounts that bear witness to the Sismite's existence. Yet, in spite of people claiming to have shot a Sismite, no one has yet produced a body or captured one alive. The ghost towns of Capeche. The town Mesnalabalm, located on the Yucatan Peninsula, considered a modern ghost town where all the former residents departed, area within a very short space of time. Like its counterparts in most northern climates, like Port Jasmine in Alaska, it is believed that something otherworldly has chased the previous town's folk away. Mizanobalum, one of the most famous ghost towns located on the Gotan Peninsula, enjoyed a mere 100 years of habitation from the year 1910 to 2010, before the final two residents living there, according to the 2005 census, up sticks and left. The town was the site of a former Hennekin plantation, which is a type of agave used to make cord and paper pulp. At its height, it was home to more than 2,000 souls. Local legends claim Mizanbalam is deserted to because it's haunted by a ghost called Juliancito or Little Julian, who's believed to be the ghost of a local boy who was terrorizing the townsfolk whenever he wandered into a nearby jungle. Julian committed suicide after being molested by an older man in the 1920s. It's also said that the plantation owners practiced witchcraft and, the pub, and that public executions were once held there, which could explain the high levels of paranormal activity that have been reported. In reality, it is likely the final residence with the way when it became clear that the ascendant had already enjoyed its finest hour and was now falling into ruin. Plus, they were the only two remaining in a very rural area, so it seems likely that they too joined their mates in more populated areas where goods and services were more plentiful. The Aztec Cihotito Crossroads Cihotito uh, Crossroads can be spooky places at night, especially when so many ghost stories and so many varied cultures feature these unique locales. In Mexico, especially in the town along the peninsula. It's believed that the mysterious Chihuatito haunt the crossroads across this region. There should be the spirits of Aztec women who died in childbirth. On certain nights of the year, they haunt crossroads in search of children to possess or to kidnap, even a sacrificial knife as evidence of their activities. Chihuatito are also blamed for men's adultery and other misbehavior. They usually have hands deformed into the shape of claws 
and wore golden earrings, a voluminous multicolored skirt, and black shirt. He kept me wandering near a crossroad while out and about on the peninsula, and ceased a pale-faced creature. Be warned and be wary. Keep an eye on any children in the area as they may be at particular risk. It is possible that Chihuahuas are merely urban legends created to scare children into staying away from dangerous areas in this region where harm have befallen other children. And used as a prevention tactic to safeguard their well-being. Or they can be actual witches about or creatures that we either don't understand or whose knowledge has been lost to history. It is up to you to decide. Thank you uh, so much for listening to this episode of the Cozy Cryptid. And thank you for uh, everyone I work with. Uh, thank you for the writer for writing this script for me. Thank you for my uh, social media. Might um, hurry. Check her out on Instagram. Might hurry 77. Thank you for. Uh, Matt for making the music and uh, check us out on Instagram. Thank you. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.